Today I read that the current average annual salary in the MBA is $8.32 million a year. And I was thinking about that greater than $8 million a year salary and thinking about how much the MBA excludes people from getting that salary. People need to speak up and demand that a certain percentage of short guys and women and people in wheelchairs and a higher percentage of white guys have access to those salaries. That is such a big salary. And clearly what I'm saying is woke, man. I mean, not enough people are going there with the MBA. And if I was serious about that, you would all turn me off now as an insane person with extreme views. And at the same time, I think it's also fair to say that there are fields out there where gender and race bias exist or did exist and where people have been very excluded unfairly from making headway into those professions and as a result have been excluded from incomes that they should have been able to participate in for them and their families and their next generations. And threading that needle is getting really hard. I mean, if someone tries to dig into issues and doesn't have an exact opinion of those with extreme views, the cancel culture attempts to smash that person's house down. And it does exist on both sides of the aisle, probably a little bit more on the liberal side these days. But that's not to say there are right-wing people that don't try and cancel, whether it's Cardi B or gay people or transgender people or atheists. We probably wouldn't even have rock and roll and rap over the airwaves or on the internet or half the movies or TV shows if it were up to crazy people that get to decide decency standards, right? And what I'm not trying to say is that everything and anything can be done at all times. And we're really just coming out of this pandemic. We've seen these debates flourish, right? Like so the anti-maskers, for instance, versus the people that felt all of society should be completely shut down for however long this virus exists on the planet. These were extremes, and the extremes don't work. Just like we have to have traffic laws. If you break them, you get a fine or a ticket. But at the same time, just saying, it's my freedom to run through a red light or drive at 130 on the freeway is going to put people in danger, and that should be much more than a ticket. Again, trying to thread that needle. When are you harming somebody by your actions or purposefully going out and harming someone by their actions or taking such extreme measures that people literally have to be in food lines while giving preferential treatment to big companies like Amazon and Target and grocery stores while trying to knock out the mom and pops, even though that wasn't the intended consequence, but that was the policies which ironically was likely a policy that put everybody in very long lines, particularly in the beginning of the epidemic, in places like Walmart, to really spread this virus instead of allowing the corner store to be open. Or outdoor dining, where the tables are spread apart. Well, why am I bringing this up? Because I fear, and know actually, that within medicine, we are becoming victims of ourselves, meaning the cancel culture and extremist views one have existed in one form or another as far as I know throughout medicine like in most fields but really in the past months or years I fear there are things that we could speak up about and there's just too much else going on that they get blown over and as a result 
not enough people are speaking out. So I'm going to speak out. And one of the things that really bothered me in the last few weeks is what's happened over at the Journal of American Medical Association. And what's bothered me the most is that the world has already moved on from this, so there's no backlash against the backlash. And so basically, as many of you know, what happened over there is there was a stupid thing said on a podcast, which I agree was inaccurate and hurtful, meaning the thing that was said on the podcast was no physician is racist, so how can there be structural racism in healthcare? Well, what happened from that? Well, the person who said that had to resign. Okay, that I think even in itself is a little extreme because that person, you know, like me, I talk all the time on this podcast. And if I say 99% of the things right and 1% is wrong, should I be held from never speaking again because I said something really dumb or hurtful 1% of the time? Well, okay. Our culture says yes. That's, that's where we're at. That's the cancel culture these days. So let's just accept that that's how it's going to be, that you are going to have to resign, which that person did. Um, if you say one dumb thing and, you know, it's just like if you're driving all your life, you have one crash, that makes you somebody who should never drive again, I guess. But let's just accept that that should be the case. But should we accept the more extreme thing that happened where Howard Bachner, the editor-in-chief of the Journal of American Medical Association, then was put on leave and resigned? Dr. Bachner had been the editor-in-chief of JAMA since 2011, not an easy job, and everybody I've ever heard talk about this man has said that he has very high ethics, he obviously is wonderful at his job. Can you imagine a thick journal of science coming out every single week and having tons of side podcasts that they have? and being held responsible for any statement that ever happens in the journal or online in those podcasts. It would be like if one of our cooking staff at the hospital was a racist that our CEO would have to resign. That's how I look at this. Yes, some of you are saying, but he's the editor. He's the one who has to make sure that everything that's put out is not racist. Well, first of all, if we step back and look at the statement that was said, as dumb as it is, There are institutions on a very large scale that have dealt with this, meaning in my hospital group, and not just in my hospital, across my whole system of hospitalists, you get the same salary. If you work this many shifts and have this many production and do this many procedures, the computer in the system doesn't know whether you're male, female, white, black, Chinese, you get your take-home pay based on what you produce. Whether you think that's fair or not, some days I'll be honest. You know, I'm like, wow, I've been doing this for about 20 years. I spend a lot of my time teaching residents through the day and I'm getting the same exact pay or maybe even less because I take time teaching than someone just out of residency who honestly is making a lot more mistakes than I am and not able to communicate as well with patients. But nevertheless, the systemic bias is completely not there in my hospitalist group. And you may want to push back on that and say, well, what about in hiring? Well, I can tell you in hiring in the last few years, for good rather than bad, there have been more people without white skin hired in my hospitalist group than white skin people. Society is progressing, just like most of the medical students are women these days. It does not eliminate the history, which is very real, 
that gender equality existed throughout all of modern Western medicine until recently. And yes, it does still exist. And yes, it probably will exist for a while, but progress is being made. But that doesn't mean we want to eliminate people that are extremely capable of a job that's extremely hard to do, almost impossible for 99% of us to do. I could not do Howard Bachner's job. I could do it, but the standards at JAMA will go down. By the way, Bachner immediately apologized like a week or less later where he said, comments made in the podcast were inaccurate, offensive, hurtful, and inconsistent with the standards of JAMA. He didn't say those comments, meaning he wasn't the one in the podcast, and he was apologizing for them ever having been said. And I understand that thousands of you felt this was a good thing. 7,000 of you asked the journal to hold Dr. Bachner accountable in a petition. I don't want to discount the feelings of minorities and feel that some feel I shouldn't even be talking about this, but here's the thing. Like, I come from a culture that has had these issues, meaning there was a long period in Western history where rulers and church officials closed many professions to Jewish people, pushing them into marginal occupations that were considered socially inferior. So if you weren't allowed to do the things that you were trained to do and it passed down for generations like blacksmithing or whatever that people felt was too competitive for Jews to be part of and then allowed them to do what they considered inferior jobs like taxing and money lending. And then ironically, for many generations afterwards, when Jewish people became good at that skill because they had to to survive, they became the greedy Jew always worried about money, right? And this was institutionalized, right? You weren't going to become a general or the president or the head of a police precinct if you were Jewish for a very long time in America. Didn't matter if you were the best cop on the force. And so this is what Females have gone through. This is what a lot of races have gone through throughout American history and still going through right now. But the answer wasn't to have mandatory amounts of Jews in medicine or universities or whatever. It was to give Jewish people a shot and then allow us to make our own way into becoming good doctors or even rappers like the Beastie Boys or allow us to participate in a new field like films in Hollywood. And we'll learn how to thrive in the fields that we have some capabilities in. And that's not going to be every field. I really would love to be an NBA player. I think it would be awesome to be playing against Luka Doncic and LeBron every night. But not only am I not going to be an NBA player, most Jewish people aren't. We don't have that kind of talent. And it's okay to acknowledge there are differences between people and genders. We don't want those to divide us, to build up walls. But the fact is, there aren't a lot of women dictators. There are almost none to very few women mass murderers and mass shooters. But to acknowledge any differences in genders or people is what the cancel culture wants to stop. And we can't let that happen. It is the extremes that is really injuring America right now. 
And, you know, it's just you can't have nuanced opinions anymore, meaning I believe we should put America first without slightly having hatred of foreigners and love visiting and appreciating other cultures and having people actively part of my life with new opinions and different cultural backgrounds. And it's also one of the reasons that I really don't think I ever will be part of Instagram or Twitter. You know, I admit I use social media. I only use Facebook, but mostly to see if my exes or girls that rejected me have gotten fat. And I'm sure all my exes are looking at my picture to see if I got wrinkles. And that's okay. But what I don't want is to be part of, and I found myself early in Facebook jumping on those bad wagons. Like, he said what? She said what? Let's make sure they never work again. Which is crazy. But that's not to say you shouldn't speak up. Meaning I totally agree with Martin Luther King. You know, everybody knows his quote. In the end, we will remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. I very much know what happened in the 1940s when people didn't want to speak up and stayed silent. And I don't like all these posts of people that like, I don't post about politics, which I'm fine with. Don't post about politics. I really think both sides are just insane in the United States. However, totally staying silent about large immoral movements, whether it is people wrapping themselves in neo-Nazi flags and calling themselves patriots. I'm not sure why it's politics to speak against that, but I wish everybody would speak against that or show your colors and say, hey, I'm totally for the neo-Nazi movement. And then we know where you stand. Just be honest. If you support the guy who wore the Camp Auschwitz t-shirt storming the Capitol or anybody storming the Capitol, then go ahead. Say that's what you're for. I totally disagree with you. And as offensive as those flags and swastikas and t-shirts in many crowds, whether it be in Charlottesville or a president starting a campaign with saying Mexicans are bringing drugs, they're bringing crime, they're rapists, and I assume some are good people. Okay, fine. Of course, I disagree with that. But it's a conversation that not only revealed America, I was hoping it would have a reckoning and come to terms with our past and our future, and it didn't. It obviously only went on to divide America more. But we shouldn't have canceled the entire presidency for that. We shouldn't have canceled a wing of the moderate Republican Party for that. We didn't. But my point is it would have been dumb to do that. And yet that's kind of what happened with Dr. Bachner, right? He didn't say it. Okay, he didn't catch uh, a minute, maybe 30 seconds or less of some conversation across probably what is literally tens of thousands of hours of talking, of writing that has occurred in this journal, and this literally 1% of 1% of what has happened at the Journal of American Medical Association. This triggered 7,000 people asking for a resignation or to review Dr. Bachner, and likewise, a much bigger backlash in certain aspects of social media and editorials jumping on the bad wagon. A podcast that probably almost nobody heard. I certainly didn't hear it. It kind of reminds me, Yuval Harari, one of my favorite historians and philosophers, he teaches in Israel, and he always talks about how teaching in Israel is particularly unique because he has a lot of students that come to class and they'll be like, yeah, no, I didn't read the book or the text, but I disagree with it. 
which if you know Israelis, which I know a lot of, that is, well, particularly in this podcast, I don't want to say a blanket statement about a group of people, but that does, it's not surprising. And while I'm not supportive of that, what I would be supportive of is allowing some nuance in our discussions in America. If we think something was said as racist, it's okay to have backlash and have a big discussion about it. I don't think we have to end prominent careers over these things. Um, I guess I'm not in the majority when it comes to that opinion. But, you know, I think the lack of nuance is killing America. I'm a gun owner, but I don't like the NRA. I acknowledge that if there weren't major profits to be made in manufacturing weapons, there'd be a lot less weapons. You know, fear makes animals selfish. And we are, of course, animals. All humans are animals. And I don't really want to see a country like Afghanistan become America where everybody has high-powered weapons and a lot of violence is existing on major scales every single day. And so I'm not part of this group that thinks the slightest gun law will totally eliminate all of the Second Amendment. And I'm worried about future weaponry, you know, maybe a laser that's constantly on that can knock down 50 people at once. Is that something that we want to protect individuals to have in the future? Is that kind of gun allowed under the Second Amendment. The point is, we have to have nuance. We have to have the ability to talk about those things without people losing their jobs, and particularly if they weren't even the one to say it, but had some sort of association with that person, whether it be boss or editor or significant other. So I know I gave a lot of opinion and commentary, and I know this controversy is actually out of the news already, but I think that's the problem, is we're all just going to move on from this, and one side's going to have whatever victory it is they feel they got, and yet I don't feel the cancel culture was okay in this situation, so I spoke up for it. This is my moment to speak up for it. I'm not happy with what was said on that podcast, but there are certain movements within medicine that I have seen with this pandemic and other issues that are not gender-based or race-based but yet have resulted in real cancel culture adverse events that have not been good for the field of medicine so i hope y'all will speak up about these kind of things when you see them in that we can have conversations why something said is wrong and have nuance and debate or just vote with your money and your listening choices. If you don't like what I said today, you don't ever have to listen to me again. All right, well, I said enough. I will catch you the next time.